We're not 100%, that's for sure. You know, uh, we haven't had a lot of time together with all the injuries and guys haven't played. But I do think we're at a point now where they know how we want to play. I just don't think we've reached how to do it well yet. You know, so that's a big step, though. I think they all understand exactly what a good team looks like in our version. And now our next step is to be able to do it consistently every night. course is the sound of the horn i'm your host chris wild welcome to an all-new clipcast trying not to strain my pipes today <laughs> which man do i strain my pipes on this show anyway i want to strain my pipes i want to yell and scream about the refereeing in last night's double overtime that's not true it wasn't double overtime in last night's overtime loss to the hated celtics but I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to talk with a special guest who's here today. You know, usually Burbank Hank is my co-host. He is the best. I think the show really has gone from, let's be honest, it was at a six in season seven, maybe a seven. And I think it has skyrocketed to the top of the charts, and we are firing on all Detroit Pistons, and it's at a ten, I think. This season, season number eight, yes, we're the longest-running Clippers podcast in the history of podcasting. But Burbank Hank is spending St. Valentine's Day with his loving family, his lovely wife, and his lovely children. There's a lot of love in Burbank for Burbank Hank, and he can't be here. But who is here is my special guest, who maybe you didn't know was a giant Clipper fan, a member of Clipper Nation. He's the star of... Movies such as The Big Lebowski, A Star is Born. He was in a Super Bowl commercial with Lil Nas X selling Doritos, I believe. But anyway, he's a living legend, and he's here with me today to co-host a special clip cast for All-Star Break. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Elliott. It's great to be here with you, Chris. Go Clippers. Sam, let's just get right to it. Uh, the call last night was such crap. The Clippers are down three, late. Let me see exactly how many seconds were left in the clock. 24 seconds left. So when the foul happens, it's 23.6 seconds left. But the Clippers are down three. They inbound the ball to Lou Williams, the ref that is literally inches away from the play. Look, the Celtics went to foul Lou before he could take a shot. So they would send him to the line to shoot two and they're definitively be down only one. But what happens is inbound to Lou Williams. Lou Williams behind the three-point line in the corner receives the ball, gets fouled, and I say, and so does the ref that was inches away from him, says that he goes then to shoot, gets fouled, catches, fouled, shot, in, okay? The ref closest to him calls it a foul and one the ref that is further away waves it off says no he was fouled before the shot but this is a uniquely Lou Williams problem that he does not get continuation more so than any other player that I've witnessed in the NBA I don't know why because he's such a circus shooter because he's so smooth because he's so buttery I don't understand because they hate the Clippers because they hate Lou Williams because he's the underground goat I don't get it 
but it is a uniquely Lou Williams problem that I have not seen happen really on this level this many times to any other player that he does not get continuation, that he does not get the benefit of the doubt, that he was shooting. He was going to catch that ball and shoot that ball. He caught the ball, got hit on the arm, literally goes to shoot. I, I say, and I'm not there, but the ref that was inches away says that he was catching an in the act. He caught an in the act of shooting, got fouled. The detractors say that it happened before, but still, look at it. I tweeted it out. Look at it. Listen to the whistle. Watch the ref that's closest. Catch, shoot, in between catching and shooting. He didn't get fouled before the catch because that would have been in that late setting. He would have gone to the free throw line and we would have gotten the ball back. He catches the ball. He goes to immediately shoot the ball because he's Lou Williams and that's what he does. So he catches the ball, shoots the ball, gets fouled. Watch the tape. 23.6 seconds left. 0.2 or 4 ticks go off the clock from the inbound to the catch and shoot. He gets fouled. He shoots. It goes in. They, The ref that's inches away says it's an and one. It looks like it's a four-point play. The ref that's not as close waves it off. I guess you can't review it because everything's stupid. I guess everything is stupid with these stupid refs. They keep affecting late game outcomes. Something happened, I guess, to Damian Lillard or somewhere in Portland, but it literally happened two nights in a row where the refs are effing the game up. And yes, you cannot spell ref without F, but they effed it up. WTF. Supposedly, Adam Auckland, who does the Clippers radio show, Noah Eagle is the voice of the Clippers. Brian Seaman is the television voice of the Clippers, of course. Noah Eagle is the radio voice. And Adam Auckland does the ins and outs on the radio. Adam Auckland says that Lou's foot was on the line. But regardless, it should have counted. It should have been a four-point play or review it, and it should have been a three-point play. The ref that was the closest says it was an and one. The ref that was further waves it off because he hates Lou Williams, because he hates the Clippers, because he hates himself. And the call was, I don't want to say it, Sam. I'll say it for you. The call was bullshit. It's a family show, Sam. I know it's a family show, but sham it. That call was bullshit. Oh, we got Sam Elliott real fired up here on a special clip cast. You know the thing that makes me angry and makes me want to go blue and use bad language, but I won't because it's too much for me to have to bleep it out using the sound of the horn. It's extra work. But regardless, the thing that makes me so upset is I loved that stat that we'd only lost two in a row once, and now we go into the all-star break. And we lose two in a row. Now we've lost two in a row twice, which is a Western Conference best, okay? We are now 15-2 and two after a loss, which is not an NBA best because the Milwaukee Bucks have never lost two in a row, so they are undefeated after a loss. But I believe 15-2 and two is second place in the NBA or right up there. Don't quote me. Regardless, I hate the fact that we lost two in a row. I hate the fact that Paul George had to leave with an injury. I hate the fact that Pat Beverly has an injury. Now, these injuries, I think, are borderline ticky-tack injuries. I think if it was the postseason, Pat Beverly would be there. I think if it was the postseason, Paul George would be there late. You know, what was weird about that game last night was Kawhi Leonard was nowhere to be seen in overtime. Montrez and Lou were doing it all, and they couldn't get the job done. Now, granted, 
Murderer's Row would have really helped late. And I'm talking about, of course, Murderer's Row of Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Insert Marcus Morris Sr. That would have certainly helped. We didn't have Paul George. We didn't have Pat Bev. And I'm going to tell you this. I reached out to Farbod from Forbes magazine, who covers the Clippers. He thinks that Pat Beverly will be at All-Star Weekend in Chicago. He's a hometown hero. He will compete against Shea Gorgeous Alexander in the NBA Skills Challenge on Saturday night. So that tells me that his groin isn't really that injured and that they're being cautious, that they're being safe as opposed to sorry. And I've heard nothing but the Clippers don't give a crap about home court advantage or getting that number one seed because, in all likelihood, they're going to be right there at two or three and in the Western Conference Finals, which they are confident they're going to reach. And if they play the hated L word, their hallway rivals, they'll have home court advantage in that every single game will be on their home court in Los Angeles. Yes, there will be home L word games, but... We saw Mr. Kawhi Leonard, NBA Finals MVP, go in and literally be perfect on the road in California in the finals versus the sitting yet ridiculed and humiliated San Francisco Warriors, then Oakland Warriors or Oakland Dubs, the Golden State Warriors. My goodness, Golden State Warriors. It's been so great seeing Steve Kerr not be able to coach himself out of a paper bag this season. (laughs) And at last week's show, I said there was only a handful of coaches that have that are active that have won chips, and I was right, except for I forgot to add Steve Kerr because he's just so below the basement, like in a cellar, in a wine cellar underneath a diamond mine. I don't know. Anyway, I saw Uncut Gems, P.S., speaking of diamond mines, and Doc Rivers was fantastic in that. Man, that movie was good. Right? He got robbed at the Academy. Who, yeah, no, Adam Sandler got robbed, uh, not getting the Best Actor nomination. Him and Eddie Murphy, I think, No, got I'm talking about oh. Doc Rivers. He got robbed. He should have been nominated. <laughs> That's a bold call, Sam Elliott. Let's actually hear from Doc Rivers right now on Clipcast. Yeah, it'll probably be a little less, you know, because PG's going to handle it more. Um, you know, Kawhi handles it, Pat handles it. Uh, I don't want one guy handling the ball, that's for sure. I don't like that offense with this team. So I, I do need multiple ball handlers. How important is it for those ball handlers to get the rock over to a shooter like Landry Charnett? I think it's it's really important when guys who need you to get open that you understand that you got to get them open. You got to get them shots. You know, it's not like we're going to run a bunch of pick and rolls for Sham. He's going to come with weak side offense and pin downs. And, and so – I think that's very important that everybody understands that and do their jobs. Speaking of jobs, where do you go? Where Where are you after the job is done, after the game is over, to relax and chill At out? At home. I'm not one of those bar guys and uh, ask Sam that question. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I will. Sam Elliott, my guest today on Clipcast. Sam, when you're done shooting a big major motion picture or a Doritos Super Bowl commercial with Lil Nas X, what are you doing to relax and kick your boots up and chill out, Sam Elliott? Well, Chris, I like to flip on the Clippers game and listen to Brian Seaman say things like hot damn and hello nasty as Montrez Harrell throws down a monster dunk or Kawhi Leonard gets to his spot and hits his shot with his giant hands I like to 
pop open a Coors. It's the banquet beer. Whether I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings watching the Clippers or in my rec room watching those those Clippers of Los Angeles, I like to drink a Coors. It's the banquet beer. Oh, okay. That was like a commercial break in of itself, Sam Elliott. But we got to take a commercial break here at Clipcast. So prepare yourself for, I don't know, a very super repetitive commercial whose volume comes in too loud any second now. And we'll be back on the other side to talk more about the uniquely Lou Williams situation and the awful NBA refereeing, as well as looking forward to All-Star Week weekend and the week off. And what we've got when we come back in a week. A couple home games. We'll talk about them after this. Welcome back to NPR's Clipcast. I'm your host, Chris Wilde, subdued and saving my pipes. The time is, look at your watch or your iPhone, and it'll tell you the time because this isn't radio. It's a podcast. You're listening to it whenever you like. I don't even know what day it is. Oh, guys, I do know that the Clippers come back February 22nd for their first game back after the week off. That is a day game, Saturday the 22nd, 2-22-2020 versus the Sucktown Kanks, Sacramento, who we are going to annihilate because Sucktown Kanks came in and just couldn't miss from three It's why we lost at Minnesota, because both of those fluky loser games, literally both loser teams who are losers. I want to repeat that once again. Minnesota Timberwolves and the Sucktown Kanks are a bunch of jerk losers who happened to shoot the lights out from downtown, those two stinking W's for them, those L's that are going to haunt us. We're not going to get that 60-win season unless something crazy happens and we go on a win streak. What was our longest win streak? I'm going to answer my own question in a second. This season, what was our longest win streak? I know our longest losing streak. It's current. It's two, which is a Western Conference best. Two. Dallas Mavericks have lost twice in a row, but they've done it many, many times, five times at least. Clippers have done it twice this season, once early in November, and now late. So let's right the ship when we come back to 2020 versus the Sucktown Kanks. It's a day game. I'll be at that game. I will be covering that game, and I'll be covering Monday night's game versus Memphis Grizzlies. Now, here's the thing. We're an NBA Western Conference best at home. We are 22-5 and five at home. Tack on an away game at Staples Center for it. 23 best in Los Angeles, 23 and five at Staples Center record. So we've got those home games Saturday day game. Thank you, Jesus, that that's not a back to back home day game Saturday and Sunday. We don't have one of those. Thank you. But we do have a home game Saturday, 222, 2020 at 1230 p.m. versus Sucktown Kanks. And then Monday night versus Memphis Grizzlies. Burbank, Hank, and I will be at that game in the post-game press conference covering that. 
game. We will be clipcasting, get it up late night or early Tuesday for you. So that'll be the next clipcast. But right now, we're talking clipcast. We're talking all-star break. And we're talking with the great Hollywood legend, living legend, Sam Elliott, about the Clippers, your team, my team, his team, Sam's Our team, your team. team. Clipper Nation, Los Angeles Clippers. And the longest win streak that they had this season was seven. Seven-game win streak and the second longest, Chris is four, and they did that twice. Let's take a look at that seven-game win streak spanning November 16th to November 27th. The Clippers at home beat Atlanta Hawks, at home beat Oklahoma City Thunder, at home in overtime beat Boston Celtics. Yes, we split the season series versus Boston, and both of those games went to overtime, which is a testament to how tough this team is and how ready this team will be for the postseason. Boston Celtics are great. They're a great Eastern Conference basketball team, as are the Clippers, a great Western Conference basketball team. We split the season series, both went to OT, and the home team won each of those games in overtime. Continuing with the seven-game win streak, we beat at home the Houston Space Garbage Rockets. We beat at home New Orleans Pelicans. Then we go on the road and beat at Dallas Mavericks and beat at Memphis Grizzlies. That was our seven-game win streak, and it was impressive. But here's the thing, man. We need to win more games. I really wanted to be a 60-win team. 60-win teams are always a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs, and I know I have to alter my thinking because of load management. I know I have to alter my thinking because Paul George is nursing injuries, and he gets injury-prone, knock on wood. Come in. You're supposed to say who's there. Sorry, dude. Who's there? Sam. Sam who? Sam Cassell, the greatest pre-Lob City <laughs> Clipper in Clippers I'm, I'm not going to lie with that very hot take. I am not going to lie with that hot take. I agree, actually. You're Sam right, you do. Sam Cassell was the greatest pre-Lob City Clipper ever because he led that 2006 team further than the Clippers had ever got since the Buffalo Braves days, since the San Diego Clippers days, since World Be Free and Swen Nader and Norm Nixon and Brent Barry and Doc Rivers and that crazy season where it was a best in five first round and the L.A. riots happened and they had to postpone the game and the Clippers lost in five. Sam Cassell led the 2006 Clippers to their first ever second round entrance ever in playoff history, in franchise history. Got him to game seven. They lost. Oh, it was brutal. Burbank, Hank, and I were at Phoenix for that triple overtime loss. Heartbreaker. And I agree, Sam Elliott, that Sam Cassell is the greatest Clipper pre-Lob City in Clipper history. But who will be the greatest Clipper in Clipper history? And I think a non-hot, very safe take, the greatest Clipper in Clipper history is Kawhi Leonard. Well, we've had a couple NBA Finals MVPs on the squad before. You're, you're, you're absolutely right, Sam Elliott. We have. We've had Paul Pierce, former NBA Finals MVP, Chauncey Billups, former NBA Finals MVP on the squad. I would argue, though, that both of those guys were in the denouement of their careers, in the final act, in the closing act on the downward end of their careers. 
Paul Pierce didn't do anything for the Clippers. He joined the squad just a season too late. Agreed. That uh, I called game off the glass thing that he did. Gosh, where, where was he? Washington. That season, he could have helped us maybe actually score a point in five minutes in game six versus Houston. But he joined too little too late. And I'd argue that the same thing from Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups, too little too late. Didn't he tear his Achilles with us? Or I don't know. He was just injury prone, and he just wasn't good enough. We also had a bad coach when Chauncey was on the squad with Vinny Del Negro. I love Doc Rivers as a coach. I've never thrown Doc Rivers under the genie bus. I think Doc Rivers is great. I love coach Doc Rivers. No one liked GM Doc Rivers. GM Doc Rivers was less than garbage. But Steve Ballmer comes in, gives him a raise, takes away the GM, makes Lawrence Frank GM, brings in Jerry West as a consultant. Everything is going the right way. We are not getting enough W's for a lot of Clipper Nation, and it's driving them absolutely mad online, on social media, and on Twitter. At NBA Twitter is the best. Hashtag NBA Twitter, rather. You got to be on Twitter just for NBA. Everything else is such a dumpster fire on Twitter, and everyone's such a hater, including my beloved Clipper Nation can really drink the haterade after losses. Let's talk more about that on the other side. You're listening to Clipcast. Let me tell you a story about the dude. <laughs> that is amazing. Sam Elliott's my guest on a brand new Clipcast. Let me talk about the dudes on Twitter who just really are freaking out every time we lose, which, yeah, okay, we're only the third best team in the West. I get it. We're only the best team at home in the West. I know. It's not good enough. Every year I go on the Scheduled A Clipcast, and every year I predict 82-0, and and so far every year I have been wrong. I am 0 for 8 in my 82 and 0 call. But people, we need to calm down. I think the thing that upsets me the most is when people say last year's team was more fun to watch, that last year's team had more heart, that last year's team played better. Look, more heart winning is greater than heart. Heart is proven in the playoffs. So I would argue that every single Clippers squad ever has been utterly heartless in the fact that we have never gone past round two, that only one team ever has won a series in less than seven ever. So don't talk to me about heart. We certainly weren't a better team last season because we were five games over 500 at this point in the season as opposed to basically 20 games over 500. I think we're 19 today or something. But still, we're much, much better. And yes, the expectations are higher, and that's fine, as they should be. But we squeaked in as the eight seed last season and then lost. Couldn't win a single home game in the playoffs. My God, that was annoying to once again prove the L word, a-holes, l 
a-holes. <laughs> the L word a-holes right in that, oh, you get out of the first round and talk to me. We're going to get out of the first round and talk to them. We're going to get out of the second round and talk to them. We're going to talk to them face-to-face in the Western Conference Finals because if they're there, we're not only going to talk to them, we're going to beat them. Or if they're not there and we are there, oh, my goodness. I'm not just going to talk to them. I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to sing at them. I'm going to dance on their graves. I cannot wait to be in the Western Conference Finals either beating the L word or either there and there not. So stop. Stop comparing this team to, by the way, you look at last season's team and you look at them as a whole and you remember Lou Williams' buzzer beater at Staples in the regular season, late in the regular season, where everybody picks him up on their shoulders and apparently it was his only buzzer beater ever because it actually literally was a true buzzer beater. But I remember him hitting like a deep three to win a game late. But regardless... Yes, that happened a couple times. Lou Williams with some crazy, great, improbable deep threes, although is it improbable with Lou Williams? Yes, that was awesome when he did that. Those were two games. Yes, it was awesome when we came back from being down over 30 points for the greatest NBA playoffs history comeback ever. That was awesome, but it was a losing effort. Overall, that team actually didn't have heart because they couldn't muster up a single home win. They couldn't muster up a single home win in the playoffs, and they squeaked in at an eight seed, and that was bad. We are not going to be an eight or seven or six or five or four seed, folks. Yes, currently we are three. If the playoffs were today, we would be the three seed, but there is an eight-game stretch for the L word in March that is just brutal, and I don't see the L word going in at number one, and even if they do, who cares? We can certainly outclass the Joker and Denver, who aren't as good at us at home in their mile-high, high-altitude, crazy, huge-advantage city. They're not as good at us at Pepsi Center, I believe it's called. P.S. Soda is poison. Stop drinking it. I don't think the Denver Nuggets will be the number two seed, and even if they are, it doesn't matter because we'll be the three seed or the two seed or the one seed. No way are we four. We are not going to squeak at eight and lose every home game. That's not happening. This is our season. This is our postseason. We are likely going to win a franchise best 58 regular season games, okay? We can tie the franchise best season with 57 wins, but the regular season doesn't matter for these Clippers, and it's driving the Twitter Monday morning quarter barfs absolutely bonkers because these Clippers don't care about your NBA regular season. This 81-game regular season, it looks like, for the Clippers because the L word decided to throw the white towel of surrender because they were so sick of getting beaten by us, and they couldn't get beaten by us again on you-know-who's special night. We play the L word one more time definitively this season, possibly two more times. Will we sweep them? I believe we will, regardless. Even if we don't and we go two and one, we win that season series versus them. And you know the L word is shaken and earthquaking in their boots when they have to face us because we are better than them. We are better at Staples Center than them. That is a fact. We're 23 and 5. They're 17 and 8, 18 and 8. I don't know. I don't care about them. 
I do know and I do care that we're better than them at Staples Center, that we have head-to-head matched up against them twice, and we are 2-0 versus them. For some reason, we haven't been able to sweep Houston. We did beat Houston, but they beat us. Who are we going to face in the postseason? And when the postseason gets here, are we going to see a switch flipped? Are we going to see that heart from last season? Are we going to see it? Are we going to see the heart pumping and bumping? And the Clippers are going to win finally in the first round. Shall they get their brooms out and sweep in the first round? Will they win in five or six? Because that literally will be the best in the past 14 years that we've done. We only got past the first round in less than seven once ever versus Denver in 2006. So here we are in 2020. Here we are about to finally get into the home stretch of the regular season so we can finally get to April. February, we barely play any games. This is this week break because there's only 29 days in February because it's a leap year, blah, 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 blah. We march into the playoffs that are in April, and here we go. Here it comes. This is it, Clipper Nation. This is the time to start believing, to stop hating. Get on Twitter and be positive. God forbid anyone tweets anything positive about the Clippers, but do it. Get on there and do it. Tweet at the Clippers. Tweet at the guys. The guys read these tweets. I don't know why, but they do. So tweet at them. Tweet them your support instead of your hate. Stop the hate. Stop drinking the haterade and start drinking the Clippership championship seawater <laughs> drink that seawater down let's see for clippers drink it down let's drink the kool-aid together clipper nation let's get some w's under our belt let's get a eight game or more win streak something we haven't been able to do this season and let's get some w's after this all-star break i am so bored with all i don't love all-star weekend i, I really don't Four guys in the dunk contest is boring to me. I don't think we have anybody going to the three-point contest. I don't like it. It's boring. They don't really try that hard. It's boring to me. It's going to be a giant Kobe Bryant memorial service all weekend long. It's going to be depressing. I say celebrate the man's life and legacy. I I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to have tears well up when I'm watching someone do a slam dunk contest. So anyway, I don't think I'm going to watch a lot of this all-star stuff. I really don't. I only care about the Clippers and we're sending Pat Beverly and we're sending Kawhi Leonard, who I said was the greatest Clipper of all time, is the greatest Clipper of all time. Prove me right, Kawhi Leonard, and he will. He will. Look what he did. He went over to Toronto. Look what he did on a one-year rental. He told San Antonio Spurs, I have a degenerative knee issue or whatever the heck it is. I don't know science. I'm no doctor. I'm no fancy doctor. But look, he told San Antonio, I've got this issue, and I need to rest. And San Antonio said, we don't believe you. And Kawhi Leonard said, trade me. And San Antonio said, where do you want to go? And Kawhi Leonard said, L.A. Clippers. And what? did San Antonio do? They sent him to Toronto Timbuktu, the frozen tundra of the NBA, as far away as humanly possible from where he asked to go. Maybe Boston is further, but you know Boston is an actual storied NBA franchise, and they weren't going to send him there. 
look, San Antonio, it was a good trade, right? They got DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. Toronto, it's a good trade. They get a one-year rental from the best player on planet Earth. And what does Toronto do? They listen to Kawhi, something that San Antonio didn't do. When San Antonio stopped listening, Kawhi started getting mad. And I know no emotions is emotions or whatever his peach T-shirt says, but Kawhi Leonard got mad on the inside. And he played like a champion and won that franchise their first ever championship in franchise history and now he gets to finally go home and go where he wanted to and be manipulative by the way and screw over the l word completely in every possible way by the way which was awesome i loved watching Kawhi leonard make them wait when he full well knew he was never going to the l word i heard him say as he walked into his first ever post-game press conference i heard him say the words I was never going back to Toronto. <laughs> I love that I heard that. I tweeted it immediately, at LA Clipcast. Follow us on Twitter. I have never heard Kawhi Leonard say I was never going to the L word, but look at his actions. Look what he did. Look how he was like, oh, well, I won't. I oh, And then it screwed them over, and then they couldn't get a third Max guy. Right? Yeah, look what he did. So he screwed him over, and he helped out Toronto, and then he left, and he did what he wanted. He won a first-ever championship for a franchise, and now he's home, and he wants to do it again. And he's got this year to do it, and he's got next year to do it. And I think when it's all said and done, Mr. Kawhi Leonard is a clipper for a long time. And I think we see multiple rings from my man Kawhi Leonard. We certainly are going to see him get a third chip. We certainly are going to see him be a third NBA Finals MVP. Am I wrong? Prove me right, Kawhi Leonard, greatest Clipper of all time. In his prime, folks. In his prime. Look what he did last year after load management. Was it effective? You're damn right it was effective. Did the media talk about it a lot? No, they didn't. Why? Because Toronto is like Milwaukee, a minuscule market that doesn't matter. (laughs) But there's the whole country. There's a whole country. (laughs) A whole country, right, that doesn't like basketball, was behind him for a blip, for a moment. A whole nation that doesn't really like basketball liked basketball briefly. It's like when the World Cup comes to town and we all pretend to care about soccer very, very, very briefly. Imagine if Team USA actually did anything. Let's talk about the ladies' World Cup soccer team. We always win. And we always pretend to care about ladies' soccer briefly, but we really don't. We really don't. If we really cared about soccer, we'd call it football. You play the game with your foot! Oh, God. I'm straining the pipes, and I'm getting upset, so I feel like I need to sound the horn. I want to thank the great Sam Elliott, but before I do, before I let you guys go, and before I let you go, Sam Elliott, movie star, living legend, I want to finish my thought on Kawhi Leonard, the greatest ever living legend, Clipper, in Clipper history. I love you, Kawhi Leonard. I'm loving watching you. I think this team has got a hell of a lot of heart. I think this team is doing everything right. No, we are not number one. No, we are not number two. We are number three, and we keep dancing with number two. We are number one at home in the West. We are number one in L.A., and that means something to me. I go to all these home games, and I have Since 2002, 18 seasons of most, if not all, of the home games. I've seen a lot of losing. So when a team comes in 
and wins 23 out of 28 at Staples Center, I'm sorry, but that's not a heartless team that isn't fun to watch. All 23 of those wins at Staples Center were a blast, were a heart-pumping, heart-fueled, chamber-rocking ventricles. I don't know. What's in your heart? Chambers? Ventricles? Arteries? (laughs) All I know is my heart was pumping, and the Clippers were dumping. That's right. Dumping other teams in the dumpster. We've only lost five games in that building people that's great we're a great team so stop the hate on twitter start spreading the clipper love i liked on twitter when i'm not going to bring my phone out and i'll give you love next show but some guy said at locked on clips is a show where you know you get nice tidbits of clipper information after a story or something and then he said at la clipcast is the kind of show you want to Rip your shirt off and howl at the moon. So Clipper Nation, rip your clothes off and let's get naked and howl at the moon because Kawhi Leonard, the reigning NBA Finals MVP, is here. He's here to stay on a team that's built to win in the postseason. So it's frustrating in the regular season that they don't go 82-0 or 81-0 because of the L word, but they're not going to do it because why? No team has ever done it. Are they going to get to 70 wins? No, it's mathematically impossible. Are they going to get to 60 wins? I doubt it, sadly. The teams that have gone over 70 wins, let's talk about the winningest regular season team in NBA history. Well, they lost in the finals. They didn't win at all. So that's a fun stat, but they didn't win. So they don't matter. Only the champions matter. Kawhi Leonard is a champion, and he matters. Now, that being said, I'm going to contradict myself. You get me to the Western Conference Finals, Kawhi Leonard. I cry every single day. Tears of joy. Thank you, regardless of the outcome. You get me to the NBA Finals, Mr. Kawhi Leonard. I cry tears of joy every single day. I dance in the streets. I rip my shirt off, and I howl at the moon every night. Thank you, Kawhi Leonard. And God bless it. God, Landry, sham it. If we win it all, when we win it all, when we're at that championship parade on Figueroa and L-Word fans are up to their nonsense shenanigans and booing us, I don't care. That night, my microphone will be busted because it'll be drenched in champers, Landry, champers, champagne. I will have to uh, change the clothes in my car because I'm going to be doused and drenched in champagne because the Clippers will be champions. It's happening. Stop fighting it. Stop hating every regular season loss that does not matter it used to matter because we were jockeying for seeding so that we could eventually lose in round one or the three times i think it is four excuse me that we got to round two and lost we got to round two and lost to phoenix suns in 2006 we got to round two and got swept by the spurs with vinnie del negligent we got to round two and got beaten in six by kevin durant and Russell Westbrook's OKC Thunder. We got to round two and lost in seven to James Harden's Houston Rockets. Those are the greatest teams in Clipper history. Knocked out in round two. C, not great. Those teams weren't great. This team is great. How do I know it? Because look at Kawhi Leonard. Look what he's done. If this team gets knocked out in round one or round two in 2020, then I'll be wrong. 
and the Clippers will once again not be a great team, and we will continue to be a laughingstock. But I'm telling you, the Clippers are going to go to the Western Conference Finals, and that will mean Kawhi Leonard is the greatest player in Clipper history. That will mean this is the greatest team in Clipper history, regardless of the outcome of round three, because we've never been to round three. And certainly, if we get to the NBA Finals, regardless of the outcome, Kawhi Leonard will be the greatest Clipper in Clipper history, and the team will be the greatest team in Clipper history. And certainly, if Kawhi Leonard becomes a back-to-back champion, which, by the way, champions love to win it back-to-back. Talk to the all-time greats. Talk to Lou Williams, the underground goat, who never gets the and-one calls. Never. Now that I've made you hip to it, it wasn't just last night in Boston, folks. He never gets the and-one calls, and it drives me bonkers and bananas. He never gets them, but the underground goat, he's going to get an and-one call in the NBA Finals, and it's going to matter. Kawhi Leonard's going to matter. Paul George is going to matter. Pat Beverly, Mr. 94 Feet, is going to matter. Marcus Morris Sr. is going to matter. He matters. I'm guessing his son is named Marcus Morris Jr., and I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to interview Marcus Morris Sr. on ClipCast. Burbank Hank will be back on the next ClipCast, and probably Marcus Morris will join us. Sound the horn. Sarsaparilla.